It is Thursday, the 19th day of May, 2022, and I am back from yet another week off after an entirely undeserved vacation full of uh, decent content and good times. So, yeah, I say undeserved because, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't deserve that. That was all because of my darling wife. So thank you, Jennifer. I appreciate it, just like I appreciate everything else. But uh, yeah, I didn't deserve that. Uh, we went to Nassau in the Bahamas. It was a last-minute booking. Uh, nice city. Uh, I'd go back. I would definitely go back. Um, the food was fucking outstanding. The food at the resort was very good, although... Uh, you know, massive first world problem here. We couldn't book a reservation at any of the restaurants just because it was, it sucked. Like the app that they used sucked. They weren't very accommodating. It's, it was, that was annoying, but the buffet was excellent. So it was, it was good. Uh, the local Bahamian fair was just awesome. We did a food tour. Um, I'd like to shout out the name of the food tour. If I could, uh, true Bahamian food tour, you can go to true Bahamian food tours.com true T R U no E, uh, true Bahamian food tours.com. It was fucking phenomenal. It was awesome. Loved every minute of it. It was good. Um, <clears throat> however, JetBlue thought it would be a good idea to forget slash lose my checked bag. And yes, a big thank you to a friend of the show, Joe, who said via the Instagram that anyone checking a bag for a trip under 14 days is a sucker. <laughs> I mean, 14 is a bit long because I'm, I'm not paying uh, for fucking laundry service. I'm not doing laundry while I'm on vacation. Just ain't happening. So, I mean, unless Joe is just like repeating outfits multiple times during the course of his two-week trip, then 14 is a bit too long. Otherwise, I understand. I'm not a big fan of checking bags, but, um, you know, we we don't have to pay for them. <laughs> We're not paying for check bags because we spend so much money on the JetBlue credit card. I, I know. Why, why am I telling you this? Why do you care? It's such fucking stupid first world shit. Anyways, when we get there, of course, my wife's bag comes out, like, you know, quick. And my bag does not come out. So I'm getting pissed off. And then she's getting pissed off at me because I'm getting pissed off. And But in this case, for once, I was actually right in being pissed off because they didn't have my fucking bag. The baggage folks at the airport were nice enough. But when she's in the system looking for my bag, she's like, well, it could be here tomorrow or Thursday, depending on how many planes they put it on. Friends, let me, let me tell you that this was a direct fucking flight. Boston to Nassau. Direct. And they do this daily. So, you know, Immediately, I'm thinking, all right, what the, I'm, I'm fucked. Because now I'm thinking they put it on the wrong flight. She couldn't tell me. She couldn't tell me anything other than, uh, you know, it might still be in Boston. 
I was told to buy all the shit that I would need and save all my receipts and that JetBlue should cover them. You ever try? I don't say I don't suggest trying this. <laughs> you ever try being a fat guy and need underwear in one of the biggest tourist cities on earth? Not biggest, but you know, just it's it's a massive tourist trap. Nassau is Nassau is famous for two things apparently: finance and tourism. Um, I have nothing to do with the finance side of it. It's probably all dirty money, if I had to guess, but allegedly, but it is a massive tourist trap. I mean, like three or four cruise ships a day docking in this town. So now imagine being me in a place where there's no Target, no Walmart. There isn't really a department store per se. And the one person I asked, like, looked at me like I had a thousand heads. So, um, however, I was fortunate in that I did find underwear, tidy whities and I am so uh, vehemently opposed to tidy whities I cannot stand them. Hate them. But that was all I could find. In a, in a men's clothing store that had some of the, like, the wildest shit I've ever seen. Caribbean fashion. You know? I don't know. Um, and also, fortunately, the bag did show up at the hotel around 5 o'clock the next day. So, JetBlue now owes me roughly 500 bucks just for the fucking toiletries I had to buy. Because not only were my toiletries in that bag, but Jen's toiletries were in the bag as well. So I'm buying two sets of toiletries. We went to this like convenience store across the street from the resort. And I'm pretty sure we spent 90 bucks on like two toothbrushes, a comb, hair stuff, and, uh, and one bottle of, uh, sunscreen. And it was in a bottle of water, 80 bucks. Unfucking believable. But then I also bought like two shirts, the underwear, some socks, so fuck you, JetBlue. Not really. I still love you, JetBlue. I really do. But fucking A. <laughs> I was I, something was just popping in my head that I was gonna say that I didn't want to say because it sounds so douchey. So, I, so I'm not gonna say it. But whatever. I still love you, JetBlue. Anyways, all that plus uh, an interview today with one of the more interesting characters you'll ever meet, who happens to be the co-creator of the best fucking puzzle game on the internet right now, Beardle, uh, Mr. Ben Sultan. Yes, it's a kick-ass name, and yes, it comes up in the course of conversation. So that's all right here, right now, on episode number 118 of Complaints and Observations. Still the most less-than-average podcast on the internet with a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. Continuing odyssey into mediocrity, guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe.
Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. Let's go back and listen to the uh, to the open. I don't know. I cannot for the life of me figure out what's wrong with the levels on this fucking stupid goddamn website that I use to record this crap and this stupid goddamn cheap-ass $25 microphone. I cannot... I can't figure it out. Like it, uh, you know, this thing's like a mile away from me right now, and it sounds like I'm literally yelling into it. So turn down your fucking radio or your iPod or your Walkman, whatever you're using to to listen. Turn it down, man. A few more. Um, Vacation observations, because that's, you know, the basis of the program. And kind of like going back to the JetBlue thing, honestly, I don't care if it's 10 minutes late. A checked bag that doesn't come when it's supposed to is a huge inconvenience. Massive. And again, first world bullshit. I get it. Still. Uh, Also, um, the Bahamians love Honda Fits. They were fucking Honda Fits everywhere down there so massive shout out to the honda fit click it is an international crew an international crew a lot of small vehicles down there none better than the honda fit so nicely done nassau bahamas um i also burned my fucking tits off Being a fat sack of fat, getting sunburnt is awful. Like, I was just fucking patchy as hell, uh, you know, from all the folds and the rolls and all the fat, basically. So now I'm I'm peeling in, uh, you know, places that I don't need to peel. It's not unmentionable. It's just annoying spots, you know what I mean? Like... Spray um, suntan shit or uh, sunscreen shit. What a useless concept. Like you hose yourself down on that crap and you're still going to be patchy because you are going to miss some spots. You're going to miss like lines of spots. I have lines in certain spots that aren't affected by fat. It's just that you know, the sunscreen didn't go there, especially if, you know, my fat ass is like laying in a, in a, in a lounge chair and I'm trying to spray myself that way. Cause there's nothing worse than the fat guy who stands up and like advertises himself as he's fucking hosing down an SPF 98. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it, it's, I was very, very uncomfortable for a couple of days there. And, uh, you know, thankfully, like, Tuesday was our sit-by-the-pool day. The fucking wind. Whew, man, you couldn't really go on the beach for a number of reasons. One is that you're hassled uh, by people selling you rented jet skis and rented this and doing this and doing that. And I get it, whatever. The problem is those guys are, like, the best fucking salespeople on the planet, and I am such an easy mark. Because I fall for it. or I'll give them money just to go away. Like, there's some, there, there, you know, anybody who had a company that needed, like, you know, 
fucking strong salespeople, they should just go to resorts in the Caribbean and just hire those guys that walk the beach because they do not take no for an answer. Until you're literally out of their view, do they stop trying to sell you? It's amazing. Um, <clears throat> lastly, shitting in an airplane bathroom should be illegal. Don't do it. So that's it. That's like vacation stuff. That's all I really wanted to talk about. I had that stuff written down. I really don't have any other observations from my time there other than, you know, we had a good time and, you know, most of the stuff that I did write down, I've already talked about. So there you go. Um, last or the week prior though, uh, I went to see Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, my wife was kind enough to get me uh, tickets for my birthday. Again, totally undeserved because I'm a bum. Um, to go see Weird Al. Now, the first time I ever saw Weird Al was, I want to say, 1994. I think it was 94, yeah, at Rocky Point Amusement Park down in Rhode Island. And it was the first concert that I went to uh, without my parents. Like, my very first concert, I want to say it was, like, The Stones in, like, uh... 89 or something like that. I think it was the Steel Wheels tour. Uh, we also went to the Voodoo Lounge tour, which I think was also 94. But anyways, 1994, Rocky Point. Uh, if you're a local, a local yokel, and you, so you should be familiar with Rocky Point in Rhode Island, one of the many small amusement parks that have vanished from the American landscape. Gone. They don't exist. There's a handful, not many. Which is a fucking shame, really. Because when you think about it, just just in my head that I can think of right now, there's like there's four. Canopy Lake Park is still around, as far as I know. Uh, there was Whalem Park in Lunenburg. There was King's Castle Land in Whitman. There was Rocky Point down in Rhode Island. And I'm sure there's more. But anyways, I got off track. I was just rattling off old amusement parks. Uh, Weird Al. What a fucking great show. Like, this dude has been... He's been doing this shit for 40 plus years. Like, who would have ever guessed that his shtick would have this kind of legs? He's tremendously talented. Excellent musician. And he's had the band. He's had, like, the same band since the the mid 80s fucking fascinating and the funny funny enough um, he used the same joke uh introducing his newest band member the keyboard guy who joined the band in 1991 he's the newest member of the band 91 that's 31 fucking years ago <laughs> Uh, but it was great. I mean, it was an excellent show. He played a bunch of songs that apparently they haven't played in a very long time or that they just never played, period. So, I mean, there was a ton of, like, real B-side stuff. Uh, and then they played, like, a medley of his hits at the end. So it was terrific. It was really a fun show. But, my God, the crowd. Like... It, my wife was horrified at the crowd. <laughs> and honestly, I thought it was going to be a tad worse 
in terms of uh, you know geeks, dweebs, weirdos, and degenerates. But oh man, the amount of diabetes floating around in that theater was off the fucking charts. Like the sugar levels were crazy. Just a ton of fat people. I mean, fat people. It make it's like why? Why does Weird Al like bring out the fat people? I don't get it. Tons of people in the Hawaiian shirts because that's his, that was his uh, thing in like the late '80s, like the UHF era, which that movie still holds. Uh, great film. Um, they're making a Weird Al biopic. Daniel Radcliffe. I uh, who, who you know I I saw the trailer for it. Looks pretty good. <laughs> He doesn't really look like Weird Al, which is kind of funny. He looks like Harry Potter with a mustache, which is what it is. <clears throat> but the biggest surprise of the evening, though, was his opening act. Was Emo Phillips. If you are in your 40s, you should be at least somewhat familiar with Emo Phillips. My wife did not know who Emo Phillips is, and she's older than I am. So he comes out and he's just, he's a comedian, just telling jokes. And he was fucking hilarious. Like, honestly, I was shocked at how funny this guy was. He told a fucking joke that was was one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. He said, and I, I may butcher this, but still. It, I mean, it's more or less just one-liners. Uh, that's his whole act. But he's like, I can always tell the alcoholics because they're drinking non-alcoholic beer. He's he's like, well, I don't understand why you would tempt an alcoholic with anything close to a beer. That's like, that's like bringing out a midget in a Cub Scout uniform for a pedophile. I mean, I butchered the delivery, but holy fuck. I mean, that was, I was, uh, I, I laughed for a solid two minutes at that joke. It was fucking terrific. Loved it. So it was a wonderful show. Uh, if you get the opportunity to see Weird Al, I strongly suggest that you do. Only because it's a fun, entertaining show. That's it. You will not leave there. Uh, not saying to yourself, boy, that was a good time, which is a testament to his talent. It really is. I thoroughly enjoyed the program. Program? No, the show, David. You fucking dummy. So <clears throat> I had a, a handful of other things that I uh, wanted to talk about, but I don't. I just don't feel that they're appropriate here. Plus, I have a ton of voicemails and the interview with with Ben. So I'm not going to get into, I wanted to touch on Buffalo a little bit and the bullshit that went on there and that fucking sociopath uh, who, honestly, I hope the kid goes to prison. I'll, I'll gladly, you know, support that um, or, or help pay for it, which we all do anyway. Uh, but I hope he goes to prison for the rest of his life. Uh, and I hope he spends it all in a dark room by himself eating only bread and water. That's, you know, honestly... It's all he really deserves. He's a massive piece of shit. Um, and it's a 
I think it's a real good look at where this country is headed as a whole. Now, do I think there's going to be a bunch of kids shooting up supermarkets? No, I don't. But I think the prevailing thoughts within this kid's head are held by a great number of people in the United States of America, which is an absolute fucking shame. How people this day and age can fall for this fucking crap blows my mind. It literally blows my mind. I cannot... I, And I say this all the time on this stupid fucking program, but I can't wrap my fucking head around it. I just can't do it. Just can't do it. it it's gone so bad that um, I have limited my, my uh, Twitter time to, you know, basically live commentary of sporting events and then uh, a handful of check-ins throughout the day as opposed to the, you know, sitting and staring at it and refreshing, refreshing, refreshing all the time like I usually do. Because it's nothing but bad news and it's nothing but bullshit and it's nothing but performance art from the other side. And it's nothing but uh, just, just crap. It's crap. Social media is so fucking stupid. I cannot stand it. I hate it. Yet I'm a... Not I'm not addicted to it, but fuck. I'm going all over the place here. Fuck off. I need to stop. Uh, but on, uh, you know, the, the people, the victims of this thing in Buffalo, and you're reading about who they were and what they did, and it just, it breaks your heart. And if it doesn't, you're a fucking crazy person. Like some of them were just... Just fucking unbelievable. And it's such a sad fucking story. All around. And I gotta stop calling this guy a kid, because he's not a kid. He's, you know, he was old enough to go out and fucking buy a, a gun that he was, uh, that he then used to just hunt people down. So fuck that kid. Fuck that guy. He's a piece of shit. Uh, I don't want him to die. I want him to suffer slowly for the next 60 plus years. It's only, it's only right. It's only fair. But, you know, I'm sure he'll be made a hero somehow. Because that's what we do in America. Yay. All right. This has gone on too long. So uh, what I'm going to do is I will uh, turn it over to the interview with Mr. Ben Sultan, who by the end of this, I hope you say to yourself, uh, Wow. That's an interesting dude, because the thing you're going to hear some other shit, too, especially at the end of this thing where the audio gets all fucked up. Somehow, Zoom recorded both sides of the conversation from both of us, but um, Ben could not hear. Oh, I couldn't hear anything that Ben was saying. Go figure. Zoom is trash. I hate it. But honestly, as I say in the interview, it's the easiest way to do these things. I don't know, maybe I should try Skype. I don't know. Skype, I think you have to pay for, but who knows. Um, and, and the worst part about the interview, the only bad part, is that there is so much other shit that this guy has fucking done that, uh, that AP Dave was telling me about after the fact that I'm, uh, I'm stunned. Like... And I said to Dave, I'm like, he makes the, the Dos Equis guy look like a dreadful bore. 
like Ben Sultan has done so much in his life. It makes me feel like a fucking piece of shit because this guy has done so many different and interesting things. Uh, it's awesome. So I'm hoping that you enjoy this uh, half as much as I did. Um, and then when I come back, we'll have uh, some voicemails and uh, three gripes and all the other crap that you typically don't like. So, yeah. Uh, I am thrilled to be joined today by someone uh, I have just met at the start of this Zoom, uh, but I already hold him in high regard for he is the creator of one of the funniest slash greatest apps I've ever seen. Uh, he also has a name that to me sounds like he'd be a tertiary uh, comic book villain. It's also a bit evil, only a bit evil, uh, more like a, a shady philanthropist that's deeply troubled by his association with a central Marvel villain. Uh, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but uh, please allow me to uh, introduce to all four of my listeners, Mr. Ben Sultan. Ben, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Hopefully, um, hopefully my intro about your name doesn't come off as shitty. Oh, no, I like it. <laughs> I just find, I, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I think it's a great name. So congratulations. Good good job by your parents, by the way. To, to thank you. You know, you know uh, I... I have one of those names where people tend to call address me by my first and last name. You know how there's some people growing it's up such an easy. Okay. I'm glad you said that. Cause that's also like on my list because my guess is that it happens all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, so our mutual acquaintance, 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 we, um, associate producer, Dave, uh, he says, quote, Ben is quite the character end quote. Uh, so my first question is, are you quite the character? Dave's a liar. He is the character. Oh. If anybody has ever met uh, both of us, he would be the okay. character. Uh, really? Well, well yes, what a yes. shock. <laughs> um, Dave's a great guy. Um, I, I was thinking of, he wanted me to mention him. And what I will say about Dave, first of all, <laughs> I've known him since I was like nine years old. Oh, uh, wow. And yeah, yeah. And, but the thing, here's the thing, though. Uh, this is a Seinfeld reference, so you have to know Seinfeld to get this, but oh, well, he, good thing I do. Yeah, so he and I are like George and Elaine in the sense that we never hang out just the two of us. Like, it, the dynamic doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Jerry. His name is James. It's funny because okay. James is very clean and funny and, uh, you know, lives alone just like Jerry. Like, all the pieces yeah. are there. And uh, so, so that, that's mine and Dave's dynamic. He is too much for me to handle one-on-one, -on -one, but I love Dave. Uh, he's awesome. Well, that's I'm, sure, I love that. I'm sure he's going to have some words for me after this, but it really oh, sure is a compliment. Will, it is. It sounds like a compliment, but now I'm curious. So when you guys are, say, you know, by accident, hanging out together, like what, what's that dynamic? I'm curious. I mean, we haven't done it in a decade, but uh, the last time, <laughs> <laughs> the last time we hung out together, we got in an argument at the very end, and like that's what happens because he he's a personality and I'm a personality, and we have two different energies. Both I think are yeah. fine, uh, yeah. <laughs> but again, love Dave. He has a yeah, his whole family is great, so nothing but good things to say about Dave. Uh, his mom uh, has apparently listened to my program, so. Um, there you go. <laughs> one of one of my uh, numerous terrible hashtags is tell your moms. 
the guy always <laughs> I always tell people to make sure that they remind their mothers to listen to my program. So uh, I, I think I have one, maybe two, uh, <laughs> but the more the merrier, I say. Moms, I'm guessing, you know, moms tend to like me. Um, everybody, you know, of, of my age has always hated me. So uh, moms are always, it's a good target. All right. <laughs> the main reason for your appearance here, Ben, is that uh, you are the creator of the single best puzzle game I've ever seen called Beardle. Um, so I need you to kind of give uh, the Reader's Digest or, you know, or the just, you know, the detailed info about Beardle, uh, how you came up with this genius idea, and then what kind of drugs are you on that led you to come up with this idea? This is a, a simpler, in some ways, probably disappointing answer, but it is funny the way it, it, we came up with it. So first of all, uh, the, the, the game company we call it is, is BS Games, which could stand for Ben Solden, but in this case actually stands for Ben and Sam. Sam is my brother. Um, and uh, I am a, Wait a minute, hold on. Your brother's name is Sam? Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Sam Sultan might be a better name. It, it is a better name. It, I, I'm a better person, but it, his is a better name. Uh, so it's oh, it right. so bad. then he's uh, the evil philanthropist that's uh all right he, i got it oh man yes that is <laughs> i'm sorry i interrupted and i i just got ahead of myself oh no no it's great so yeah so sam uh who who uh were basically co-creators of this uh but he came up with the initial idea um probably should be interviewing him but but here's here's what it was uh <laughs> sam has a, a, a girlfriend and so basically one day uh, he and his girlfriend are both mu like music lovers, as am I, as pretty much everybody on earth. Uh, and they were playing uh, this, this um, Wordle ripoff uh, called Hurdle, where you guess uh, the name of, of a song based on uh, snippets of the song. So Hurdle is online. And uh, so the, the girlfriend one day was texting him like, have you played today's Hurdle? And somehow the spell check changed it or she misspelled and, and she did a misspelling, which was Beardle. And Sam looked at this and just went, oh my God. <laughs> like he just had this epiphany. He was like, we should be guessing who's behind a beard. Uh, and, and thus it was, so he told me about the idea. Um, I became a software engineer about two years ago. I'm very new to the profession. Uh, so he immediately contacted me said, I have this great idea. And uh, it's funny because once you become a software engineer, you get probably one person a week telling you about their great app idea. Um, oh. And hmm. yeah, yeah. And, okay. you know, I'm always open to them, but 99% uh, of them are, for whatever reason, ideas not worth pursuing. Uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> yes, uh, it's, it's tough the to get through here. the... Yes, exactly. So it's tough to get through that barrier. But when he told me the idea, I was like, okay, you, you have something here. Um, and just by the nature of what it was, um, these types of things are on the easier side to program. Uh, okay. So the reason I can call myself a co-creator is because when it came down to the gameplay mechanics, he and I both worked on that together. Mm -hmm. But but the, the initial idea was, was born from a mis, uh, misspelling on a text. That's unbelievable. So I mean... Sam's, I mean, is it still Sam's girlfriend? Are they still together? They are still together, yeah. Okay, so I mean, Sam's girlfriend is, you know, partially really the, the, the impetus for the whole thing. Yes, yes, her clumsy hands are, uh, yeah, her mannish thumbs that uh, <laughs> typed incorrectly. That is exactly. wild. 
what a weird way to come up with something. But at the same time, like you saw, I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. That is terrific. So how long did it actually take you to build this thing? Yeah, so we really hit the ground with it. Um, I built the thing in maybe a week and a half, maybe less. Uh, so, so it was it it felt like a real uh, real quick operation. Uh, now it's still in its beta phase. So, uh, for example, today I have not changed the beard yet. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things we want to do with it to make okay. it uh, even more fun. Uh, so, so yeah. this is you got to explore it in its um, initial beta test. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I've shared it. I've shared it with a few friends as well. And so um, it's, I mean, honestly, it's, I get such a kick out of it because it's just, it honestly, Ben, it's incredibly dumb, but (laughs) yes, wonderful at the same time. I just, I get such a kick out of it every single time. And the uh, yesterday's, or, you know, you said you haven't changed it yet. So technically yesterday's, um, was uh, David Letterman, and I, I got that on the uh, second guess, and I was very proud of myself with that one. It's a relatively new-ish beard, uh, yes. because obviously, you know, Dave spent a lot of time beardless, so bearded Dave is is relative, although, you know, Netflix stuff, you know, he's been very bearded. Great beard, perfectly quaffed beard. It's, it's lovely, so nicely it's... done. Um, how many... I mean, are you constantly adding beards to this thing or is this something that, you know, you're going to put a cap on it? Like, how are you, what's, what's the plan? Cause you said you wanted to add things and make it better or more fun. What's what, what else is in, in store here? So my Google search history uh, would be confusing to Google uh, at this point. Um, uh, yeah. So I have been Googling and, and meticulously picking out each beard. It's hard because you have to, um, your listeners aren't going to care about this, but I, I have to pick uh, uh, pictures that don't have like obvious uh, information in the backgrounds. So I don't okay. like if it's an actor, I don't necessarily want to show that it's a red carpet background. I, or if it's a really signature outfit, I don't I want to try not to get that. So you right. have to be a little careful about the pictures you you choose. Now, the long term answer is. I'm actually very interested in AI and there is a possibility going down the road in the future that I probably can create some AI that will actually pick out beards and names for me. Oh, um, nice. I'm gonna try to implement that at some point. It's gonna be very tough. But the other thing that we might do is have users uh, submit uh, uh, their own celebrity pictures that they've found that they like Ooh. and yeah, be able to, to contribute. I think that would yeah, be the way It takes way a lot of work off your plate. That makes perfect yes. sense. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, my, my curiosity is peaked because then it's now you, you find like these, these guys with like a one-time beard. So somebody who only had a beard for a short period of time, but it's a completely obvious person, you know, like let, let's say for example, um, trying to think of, of, of somebody that, that like, let's say, Let's let's say uh, LeBron James decided to like grow a different kind of beard now, or he decided to stop dyeing his beard, which is probably what he does. So it comes out more white. And now if you say, okay, that's a relatively newish beard, or some an actor that you know grows a beard for a particular role and only has it for a handful of months, that's when the beards start to get tricky, I would imagine. But that that might be the fun of it. Yes, uh, I think, and down the road, we will have definitely repeat uh, people, so in different beards. Um, so just like you said, I think the difficulty will increase <laughs> as it goes on. Um, as it should. 
Yes, because I think I got some of the obvious ones out of the way, like LeBron. Uh, so, um, but yeah, we. we oh, you already have ways. LeBron. I, I did okay. have LeBron on one of them, and I guess I just gave it away. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was he was one of the early test ones. Uh, he's he's somewhere floating around in there. So, and I I wonder if you guys have kind of uh, thought about, you know, different types of um, maybe not specifically hair related uh guessing uh puzzles but uh like a bald spot one i think would be great uh, <laughs> i think that might be a little tough to find sort of like an overhead shot of a bunch of famous people but you never know like like for example lebron would be a good one uh, just strictly hairline guessing uh yep. might be a good one too but that's, that's another so fascinating. one Someone who uh, I'll, I'll leave nameless on this one, because, again, I, I think in today's day and age, people could take offense to the idea. But someone suggested to me uh, just another play on the word of, of the old ending uh, girdle, which would be like you guess people from their torso and then it, it opens up and shows the full person. Um, girdle. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah, funny. me too. <laughs> oh, wow. Girdle. Um, <clears throat> all right. So then I, I, it kind of leads me to another question then how especially since you told me you were having sort of issues finding the right pictures and the right images to, to use for the app what sort of criteria do you use like level of fame or level of of i guess fame is probably the right word for it, it do you have like your own sort of personal level of fame for the type of beer that you want to include in this thing Yes, uh, I, I do, because I want the majority, let's say I want the sweet spot, I think, is you want at least 80% of people, if you showed them a picture of that person, to know who that person is. If you uh, show the full picture, then they'll know who it is. I see. Okay. 80%. Yeah, you, you want it up there. So, you know, I did one that that uh, made, made people unhappy because it, they felt it was too obscure. It was, see, I was trying to pick someone who was like more for the older generation, uh, you have to balance that too, because, you know, older generation, they're not going to know who Zac Efron is. Younger generation isn't going to know who, you know, Orson Welles is or something like that. So, uh, or what they look like, you know, they'll know the names, but right, um, right. That, that's the challenge is trying to find something for everybody. Uh, but there, there are plenty of uh, famous bearded people out there. Um, I, I've found like, like so far there, there's, you know, no shortage yet. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Now, do you have variances on the kind of beard? Do you go, uh, I mean, do you consider like mutton chops, like Civil War mutton chops to be a beard? Or is that strictly a chop and not a beard? I've been going back and forth on that myself. Uh, Rightfully so. <laughs> yes. It, if you have input on what you think constitutes a beard, I am all ears. Do you think it counts? <laughs> I think it depends on the length of the chop. You know, I'm trying to think of the of the Civil War general that had the absurdly long, like his chops went down basically, you know, around lower mouth and they were just massive. They were so big. And oh, if you go down that far, it counts. If you go down yeah, that's that what far. I, mean. I think if yeah. it gets past your mouth, now you're in beard territory, regardless of the chin hair. Right. All right. right. We're on the same page, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to hear that. Um, just a, a ton of beard related questions. That's great. Um, then I wonder, so now let's say you get a picture of, a, of somebody with a very long beard. Obviously, do you have to reveal more of the picture of the beard 
as you progress through the guesses, because obviously if someone has a very long beard and you just see the bottom, you're not going to know who that is. Usually. Well, usually, yes. So you try to have a balance of beard to some feature of the face. Uh, that That is, yeah, that's the hand cropping that has to go on. Uh, I lean toward just wherever the bottom of the beard is to the top of the head. That's the whole thing that you want there. That's and, the and whole thing. Yeah, yeah. that's what, you know, um, but again, if you disagree, please tell me. So, <laughs> because no, you know what? Not. I want the guy who has the complaints podcast to mm. tell me before he has complaints about my product. <laughs> like, I yeah. want to hear your input. I, I don't want to be on the other side where one day I... <laughs> I listen in on this and you're like, can you believe this app uh, uh, did this with, with this beard? Uh, this this is... yeah. and, and look, it'll come. I'm very petty. Uh, yeah. So it, it'll happen. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thus far, no complaints. So you know, nicely done. Um, it just, it, again, like the, 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 very, the variations of beard, there's just so many levels and there are so many different ways you can go with this thing. I don't think... Honestly, Ben, I must say, I don't think I've ever had a, a, an in-depth conversation on on beards before. So this is welcome. Thank you so much. This, so, yeah, like I'm thinking the one that's jumping out at me right this minute is Scott Ian from Anthrax. I don't know if you're familiar with Scott Ian. He I, has, yeah. it's not, I wouldn't call it a beard. I mean, I just call it, it's not even a goatee. It's literally just growing from his chin. There's a word for it and it's eluding me at the moment, but it's long and people look and ask if it's a beard it very well could be but again i could see somebody complaining when they get to the top not knowing who the hell scott ian is but saying well that's not even a beard well uh i have actually a strong opinion on this which is that uh beardle is going to try to stay away from people like scott ian uh, not because of his music uh but because uh him and z like the guys from zz top for example mm-hmm. because these beards are too signature and uh, mm. you you either know okay. these people or you don't. Uh, it, it, ah. There's no, you know, there's no guess involved. It's like you yeah. can recognize. Well, you're that not getting, away. you're not hitting the eighty percent threshold with Scott Ian by any stretch. Right. Maybe you might get forty if you're lucky, and twenty percent of that will be people who saw them on Married with Children years ago. So who knows? Yes. Um. So then, um. All right. So eighty percent, huh? Boy. Well, I got a long way to go. I'm going to have to keep working on this shitty podcast to well, get into hope- Beardle someday. <laughs> I was going to tell you, hopefully, uh, hopefully this Beardle thing takes off and you'll, you'll, you know, uh, you'll be able to say that, uh, you know, something, something big started right here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to tell you something interesting actually about that, which is, uh, uh, this is, this is me totally commandeering and telling you something now, I, <laughs> All right. which is that I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Dave told you. I so I used to have a podcast myself. Um, oh, yeah, way back in the day, um, okay. I interviewed people who who have uh, niche careers in show business. So see, that is that's mm-hmm. fantastic. I love niche stuff, and you know, obviously because you're on my podcast, this is a very niche thing. Um, so this is great. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, and well, so I did it, and uh, you know, I interviewed people like the lighting guy for Bruce Springsteen's tours, stuff like that. Like guys nice. who, who never get interviewed. Uh, uh, yeah. they're, they're like the top people in their field. They're totally willing to talk to you. Um, but mm. one person I managed to get on uh, was um, was Mark Summers uh, from Double Dare. Um, and and uh, so I interviewed him and I missed a chance. So I'm giving you this chance. I missed a chance to okay. like 
put out an exclusive into the world. And now if I say it on your podcast, it'll be news again, and it will be my gift to you as what you want to do with it. Uh, the, right. the, biggest, <laughs> the biggest scoop I got while I was working on my podcast was when I, when I was listening to, when I was talking with Mark Summers, um, he told me this story about that he actually um, made it so Ryan Seacrest could get his American Idol job. Uh, like he arranged this whole thing because uh, Ryan Seacrest had contracts with him where he wasn't going to be able to do American Idol. Um, and Summers went into this whole thing about how um, they worked out this, this great deal. And I, I jokingly said, uh, well, it's an exclusive. You heard it here first. And uh, he said, he stopped me. And he was like, no, no. And like, not even kidding. This really is an exclusive. I've never told anybody that. So what? <laughs> and <laughs> I've never and told anybody. Yeah. And I, I did nothing with it. I should have like uh, written to the press, you know, and gotten some, some uh, publicity for my podcast said, uh, this is yeah. an exclusive from Mark Summers. He like gave me this <laughs> gift. And I, I threw it away. I just kept on about my business. Uh, so now I've given this to you where you can do with it what you want now. But still, the world does not know that Mark Summers uh, uh, contractually made it possible for Ryan Seacrest to have that job. That's unbelievable. Did he? I mean, so, see, now this opens up a, another can of worms here. Because so I assume then that Ryan Seacrest was working on one of Mark Summers' productions at the time, hence the contractual obligation. Yes, uh, you you read between those lines very well because I was trying to keep it so succinct I didn't really say that. But uh, yes, he was on a show uh, that by Summer's own admission, not a lot of people were watching at the time. It was like a hidden camera show. Um, and they wanted him. And the way that they worked it out, this is how badly American Idol wanted Seacrest. Uh, really? Summers, yeah, Summers made it a no. deal that for a few months, Seacrest could pause production and go do American Idol, but American Idol had to pay the full salaries of every member of the crew of the Hidden Camera Show for all those months. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. That's so, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why I say I was surprised like he hadn't told anybody that story. I mean, it's not the biggest story in the world, but I, I was surprised. No, but I mean, it's one, of, again, super niche kind of thing. And they, so... All right, but then this leads me to my next question. So now there were two original hosts the first season of American Idol. Yes. They didn't want the other guy whose name eludes me, uh, but wanted Ryan Seacrest so badly that they were not only paying him to do the show, but they were basically paying Mark Summers for Seacrest to do the show. And now that you're saying that, it makes me think that the other guy was totally a placeholder. Uh, Must have been. I didn't think they'd get Seacrest. Yeah. Wow. How about that? And that poor other guy, that story. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oof. I'm not too familiar. I mean, I know he wasn't, I know, I, I know the, I remember when that ha it happened, but I don't know the details. Yeah. After that, uh, it's, it's been a while, obviously, since the first American Idol, but uh, I don't think he handled it very well from what I understand. I think he's got back on his feet since, but took a while That's for good. him to you know yeah it, it is good thanks ben it is good yeah um sorry now I I'm totally, you. Uh, I'm, oh my god i'm totally lost um but now now i'm, I'm kind of curious about obviously I, I need to know a little bit more about this podcast that you were doing why did you stop it sounds like such a a cool niche thing that could that could have an audience 
yeah it was really cool um and and th there was some small audience it found it was small um but uh and i the, the whole reason i started it was i wanted to go into production um mm -hmm. and so i i didn't know what aspect to go into um and uh one night uh i had taken uh, too much edibles and uh thought there's the drugs i knew they were going <laughs> to come up at some point <laughs> yeah uh i was a little bit out of my mind uh it was a scary night for me and then <laughs> um in the morning i woke up appreciating life much more and 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 wanted to like do something that day to like do something with my life wow. so so the thing that i i thought about uh, and i wasn't this wasn't like me binging it was literally just one night of taking too many yeah. drugs um yeah, it happens but yeah, but that morning I was like, you know what, I wanted to go into production. I'm just going to interview people and just hope that they um, they talk to me. And it's, mm -hmm. again, you know, um, Steve Jobs talks about it. So Steve Jobs is, is like an important uh, figure to me. And uh, he talks about how he knows very few people who, if you pick up the phone and like ask them a question, they're not going to uh, talk to you. Um, right. And f yeah, so for me, it was a numbers game. Some people would speak some wouldn't, but um, I did it for about 16 episodes. Um, I learned a ton. And what I learned was I did not want to go into TV production or movies or, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't need this podcast any anymore. Um, there are times when I wish I could go back to it, but it was a lot of work as you probably can relate to. No, um, absolutely not. I, I put zero time into this. But it's funny. I'll tell you one thing about it. That was kind of funny. I was taking a comedy writing class. Uh, it here and is there anything when i move fucking a ben is there anything that you don't do <laughs> no no I, I do i do i do a little bit of everything i'm a master of Dave, none why the I hell did you want me to have this guy on my show and he's just like oh yes i do fucking everything <laughs> damn all right i'm sorry Go no ahead. no it's okay and and that's another reason i stopped the, the podcast because at that point i moved to la to be near show business but not in it uh okay. to, i was teaching at the time and so mm -hmm. basically uh uh, I was taking comedy writing class on the weekends and we were going around the table talking about like things we've done in the realm of, of this. And I mentioned, I had this podcast and the guy next to me, uh, he said something like, uh, Oh, I think I've heard of that podcast. And, and, you know, people do that with bands. If you tell them your band name, they'll be like, Oh, I think I heard of this band. Oh, I think I heard um, you. Sure. They have no idea. Like they, it's just, it gets in your head. It's like a deja vu thing. Uh, mm -hmm. they don't really know it. the next yeah. week this this guy actually like referred he this was telling me he's like yeah it's sort of like the interview you did with a uh, joe toplin where you did the and i was like oh so you you actually like really super listened to this thing wow. <laughs> so i had one listener that i know of uh out here right. in la um, the, you know that that makes and, two uh, of us it, I, I have dave it, it wasn't so big a couple other people <laughs> Yeah, there you go. And it wasn't a big, because you know what it is, like you said about niche stuff, like um, this was a niche comedy class. I was talking comedy writers, so it made sense. Did anything ever come of these, of the comedy writing class? Uh, yeah, I found out I didn't want to do it as a profession. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what it was? I was never the, I wasn't the least funny person in the room, but I was never the funniest person in the room. And I thought that was a pretty good sign that this wasn't going to be like a profession for me. Um, okay. But it was a lot of fun. And, and there were people in my classes who went on to do it, you know, for a career. It was pretty cool. So. Wow. Unbelievable. Gee, I mean, honestly, like 
I have you on to talk about beards and next thing you know, you're talking about, you know, the 85 different professions you've dipped your toes into over the course of however many years, which yeah, it's terrific. And, and, you know, some of it starts, you know, from doing edibles. Typically when, when I do edibles, I just pass out on my bathroom floor. I don't wake up with an epiphany, unfortunately. So, well, that was Jesus. the problem is I had just too little where I stayed awake and too oh. much, you know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. was that, fine line where like it would be much better if you had passed out at that point it's a happy it's a happy medium for sure yeah that's great yeah um and dave uh he sent me a um uh, a youtube link of um of, that's of, scary. You, of you playing um i think it was an avril lavigne cover but i think it's also like a decade old <laughs> yeah that that's well over a decade old i think uh I used to do a cover rendition of Avril Lavigne's Girlfriend. Uh, this, this particular video was done at the Lewisboro Town Park. Shout out to Lewisboro. Shout out to K-Town. Shout out to Mount Kisco. Um, yes, sure. And uh, Dave was there for that particular performance. So I guess it made an impression on him. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I used to play a lot of music uh, out and about and... Uh, that was also at one point like something I was trying to do, uh, uh, oh, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, but now I do it for fun. I, I actually um, have a new album that's later this year. I'll I'll put out. Uh, but yeah, that was a fun cover. <laughs> this guy, good lord, when's the <laughs> album coming out? I, you know that that's the thing. I've been delaying it because I've been working on Beardle. I've been working on other stuff. Yeah. Um, I've kind of put the album to on... make a living. Exactly, working. Um, so I have unfortunately had to put it on the back burner, but uh, I'm looking forward to eventually uh, doing it. Um, yeah. Do you have your music any place that uh, is accessible? Oh, we might have. Uh... Uh oh. This might be on my end. I think it is. Ladies and gentlemen, we're having a bit of technical difficulty. It's the downside of the coast-to-coast -coast interviews. Um, it happens. Right now, I have a frozen screenshot of Ben that I... Uh, oh, Excellent. my God. <laughs> no it must problem. have been on... It must have been on, on... Can you hear me okay? Yes, yeah. What is going on with this thing? Everything seems to be working. I don't understand the issue. Yeah, again, I've been through all this stuff myself. Oh, no. So. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Hello? Oh, you can't hear me. Uh... Hello? You can hear me. I don't think I can hear you. Testing, testing. Oh, I hate Zoom so much. <laughs> Now, How about now? Okay. you can hear me. I still can't hear you. Oh, let's. I'll. God damn it. All right. Well, listen. No, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. You know, um, I don't want to say that I got enough from you, but uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I kind of did. There's so much more meat on this bone, Ben. So, uh, <laughs> We might have to have a part two uh, at some point, 
going to uh, you know take and keep what we have. My my hope is that I didn't lose the entire first half of the interview, which is oh. entirely possible because Zoom is terrible and I'm an idiot. Um, I've already <laughs> interviewed uh, somebody else one time and forgot to record it, so that sucked. But um, <laughs> all right, so uh, I'm going to say thank you uh, for for joining the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for. I mean, we talked about Beardle, but we talked about so much other shit, and it was all amazing. So Dave wasn't wrong when he said you're a character, uh, and and quite frankly, I think you're more of a character than Dave, because um, I don't <laughs> think Dave dipped his toes in as many interesting things as you have. So nicely done. Um, but honestly, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Ben Sultan, uh, brother of Sam Sultan, who is really the uh, the evil. Uh, I hope you guys are, t- are you guys twins. Oh, he's shaking his head. Uh, but if you were twins, it would have been even better, but good enough. Ben, uh, thank you. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank Take you. Care. Bye-bye. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that on it as much as I, uh, liked, uh, talking to him. Well, I'd like to get him back on the show to talk about a bunch of other shit. And I think honestly, the big take, well, you know, one of the big takeaways is I think I'm definitely stealing that idea of his for his podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, not really, no. But uh, I target a lot of different people when I'm trying to uh, book guests. Uh, and as you can tell by, um, you know, the fact that my associate producer is the one that's securing most of the guests on this program. Uh, you know, they say no. So I think I need to sort of change my approach or my tact and go after different types of people. So I'm not necessarily, you know, backstage people for, you know, major productions and, um, you know, the former host of Double Dare, but uh, different, different types of, of people. And I think, um, I think that might work. Because like, he made a good point. People want to talk about themselves. So uh, kudos to Ben. Hope and, and seriously, there is so much. I wasn't kidding when I said there was more meat on that bone. There's more to this guy than, than you just heard. And honestly, that was a lot. For an average person, that was a lot of shit. But for Ben Sultan, who has a terrific name, uh, there's, there's more. So I hope you enjoyed it. Now, to a bunch of different type of people. <laughs> No offense. No offense. Um, I have uh, a voicemail from friend of the show, Donnie, um, that has been kind of sitting on the shelf for a little while. Um, not purposely. It's just that I'm stupid. And then I have a bunch of uh, voicemails from a uh, friend of the show, Scott Banksley. Uh, I went to see Scott in his new pub uh, last weekend. Yep, last weekend. Nice spot. Good time. So uh, I'm going to start with Donnie, and then we'll move on to... I, I might just play all of Scott's in a row, because it, the absurdity is is make, might make it funnier. We'll see. Hey, Dave. This is Donnie calling in. Um, wanted to... Um, oh, great episode last week, by the way. Um, wanted to call in and complain about something specific that I'm going through at the moment right now. Uh, where, as you know, um, post all, always posting on the social media 
um, about a concert I'm going to, love going to shows. Um, and one thing that I'm frequently, one thing that's frequently coming up is that I'm trying to understand what the set times are, like for each opener. I don't want to like jump the gun and go into the concert too early, like end up spending, you know, an arm and a leg for, uh, you know, drinks or whatever. But like, you know, it's just like diddling around in there. There's really, you can't go outside and smoke. That sucks. There's no re-entry. So I really want to maximize my time outside the venue so I can time it perfectly inside. You know, I have to go to like, you know, venues, Twitters are sometimes good about it. Um, you know, sometimes you, you'll call in and they'll tell you, but like, honestly, like these venues, they, they don't really pick up the phone at all. Um, I'm, no, I've, I've gotten creative with this at times, gotten lucky, but uh, you know, I just wanted to hear your take on this before I ramble on too much longer. Anyways, have yourself a great day, Dave. Ta-ta. Donnie, that is a, that's a fucking top-notch complaint. And it's something that I've had a problem with for decades. Literally decades. The worst part about it, right? Now, the no re-entry thing, that has always pissed me off. It's like, what the fuck are people going to leave a concert for and, and do? Like, what do, what do venues expect? Do they think that, that you're going to leave and then come back with a fucking handle of vodka? Fuck off. Like, cut cut the bullshit with the no re-entry, all right? Honestly, nobody really fucking cares that much that they're going to leave. Most people that, that want to leave only want to go outside to smoke, and that's it. Just let them fucking smoke. Gives a shit. Especially in like the tiny clubs. Like let them fucking go outside and smoke. Like like rope off a section for these animals to go outside and smoke. Gross. Anyways. But fucked up set times. I've 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 never understood why it's always a problem. Doors open at 7 o'clock, but we're never fucking telling you what time the band you actually came to see is going on stage. Because God forbid, you know, we don't want to fucking sit around and wait and wait and wait. And it's a combination problem, right? If you're going to see a, like a huge band or a huge act, you know, they can, they can sit on their thumbs if they want and just make people wait even longer. But man, it, it it takes a real special kind of asshole to like make X number of thousand people wait to see you because they paid to see you and now you're going to make them wait. It is so shitty. And I, I've never, uh, I, I just, I've never understood it. Like, why can't people be held to a fucking schedule? If I owned a venue, I'd be the biggest fucking prick because I would be like, okay, for every minute that you're late, unless you have a valid excuse or a doctor's note, I'm going to dock your pay X number of dollars. It, it shouldn't be that difficult. Like, you have a road crew. They come on. They've already done sound check before the thing. So when they, so when they take, you know, the previous act's, shit off the stage and bring your shit on stage or or most likely in in larger venues with with enough space uh your you know the headliner shit is already on the stage it's just covered you uncover it you make sure everything's still plugged in work get the text out there make sure everything's good and you go like there should be no fucking around 
Like, if it's a Friday or Saturday night, I'll give you a little bit of leeway. But from Sunday to Thursday, like, most people have fucking actual jobs. Nobody wants to be out until fucking 2 a.m. I shouldn't say that. Some people do, but most rational people don't want to be out until 2 a.m. on a weeknight. Nobody. So, you know, uh, tell me when you're coming on stage, and if it's not going to be till 12.30, well, then fuck you. I'm not going. Crazy shit. Just honestly, so stupid. It's, it's, it's such a dumb thing and an easy thing to control and an easy thing to advertise. And Donnie is so spot on. I used to try calling venues like day of, like call in the morning and say, hey, you know, what time is so-and-so going on stage? And it, you know, nine times out of ten, it's, uh, it's supposed to be 8.45. And usually it was around that time, you know, for the most part. There's been a handful of times where it was like an hour later because you're sitting around for 45, 50 minutes because, uh, you know, they're fucking jerking each other off backstage or fucking mixing it up with VIPs or some other bullshit. Who knows? Or just generally being assholes, you know? So that's my take on it, Donnie, that, you know, I it's a two-pronged problem between the talent and the venue. It's an easily fixable solution. Communication is the key. Get your shit together. Have a shred of empathy for the people paying, paying money to be inside to watch you perform. That's a, a shred of empathy on both sides. If you're going to charge me ungodly amounts of money to drink alcohol, the least you can do is tell me when the band is coming on stage. And then maybe I'll make the decision if I'm going to go in ahead of time and pay you for that alcohol. Okay, Mr. Venue Owner Guy? Or Live Nation, you fucking assholes. That was a good one, Donnie. Nicely done. Now, we are on to... Some real high-quality shit. I mentioned a friend of the show, Scott Banksley, uh, called in multiple times over the weekend. What I'm going to do now is play all of them in order. See if you can make out what they're saying. It's it's uh, Scott and, and our buddy Rob in the first few. or There's either two or three. I can't remember. Um, but good luck trying to figure this out. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, and then he has some uh, complaints in his last two. So here we go. Pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. Um, the video will play right Yeah. Just give us a This is a song about the environment. Oh, God. Trigger without a chair. Yeah. Dude, we're seeing it. I'll sound ugly. Hey, there's an observation, Dave. He's in Metallica. Fuck this shit. So courageous. Courageous. Who all is lost? Only one. It's 
only left only one. In the last toss, in the right toss, so we're in the middle. That's cool. Bye. Dave Bankley. Great seeing you last night. I think I'm still drunk from it, but my wife told me a, a, a good story that I thought I would share with your uh, listeners, which is me. Uh, so in Michigan, she got an Uber, and this dude rolls in deep late, apparently hotboxed the car, a two-seater, and who has a two-seater for an Uber? That's a whole nother bag of nuts right there. And she rolls in. He's late because there's a happy bag of Wendy's sitting on his on the passenger seat. <clears throat> What's up with that? And then, just like any other Michigan guy, basically trying to explain how he's touring and his cousin Huff the Goat, whoever Huff the Goat is, and they just and he's just like making her listen to lyrics. The moral of the story is: What's up with Uber drivers? Right. Dave Stanley taking a whiz. And you know what? Why is our friend Rob telling me to ask if there's spots open for this tournament when there's not? Like, why am I getting punked? Like, I don't really understand that. That's my complaint. Thank you. Honestly, those first three were just, uh, those were were solid gold. They were shit-faced as well, which, you know, is probably pretty evident. Um, Like, the first song I couldn't make out, so in the second one, like, they were, you know, twiddly-diddly-diddlying a song, and I couldn't make out what song it was. But then Scott, with the best advice I've ever heard, uh, you should be in Metallica. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. It's like, yeah, I should be in Metallica. That's right. You're right. But maybe he was talking to Rob and telling Rob he should be in Metallica, which same thing. Yeah, fucking right. And there was a Megadeth song. Delete, 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 delete. Yeah. So courageous, which was about. So maybe, all right, maybe it was the fucking same song for the second and third. Uh, Anyways. Um, then he had two follow-up complaints. One, about his wife being in Michigan and getting an Uber. And he is so, if, if, if I ordered a fucking Uber or a Lyft, because fuck Uber, uh, and a dude shows up with a two-seater, I'm like, buddy, turn the fuck around. Get out of here. What is this shit? That's bullshit. Uber drivers are fucking creepy people. For the most, not all of them. Not all of them. I would say about 85% of them are just fine. They're just normal people. But that 15% seems to be overrepresented when it comes to the people that you encounter with uh, ride sharing. Just a crazy concept. It really is. Hey, uh, Order up someone, a random person, to come in their random whatever vehicle to pick you up and take you where you need to go. Not like a taxi, which is regulated heavily by the city and the state and and, and whatnot. They're licensed. Like, you don't fucking know anything about this guy behind the wheel of the Uber other than what Uber is telling you. So, 
who the fuck knows what's going on there? You really don't know. It's a shot in the dark. He's got fucking Wendy's in his car. Like, what kind of piece of shit is doing? I shouldn't say piece of shit. I don't know this guy. It's just weird. It's just fucking weird and stupid. And yeah, uh, we, you know, apparently Rob did kind of punk him about the golf tournament this weekend. So sorry about that, Scott. That sucks. Rob's a dick. What an asshole. Uh, Voicemails, man. Look. 617-657-4736, 617-657-4736. 617-657-4736, 617-657-4736. Call in, leave a message, a complaint, an observation, anything. I would like to get more people involved. I don't know what it is about people that don't want to call in with their... Everybody has a fucking complaint. Everybody sees something and is like, wow, that's fucking weird. Like, this is an outlet for that. Share your weird observation or your annoying complaint with the entire... I don't even, I can't say planet because I only have four fucking listeners for Christ's sakes. But yeah, you should. 617-657-4736. Join the fun. Join the party. Didn't you see how how much fun Scott Roberts is having there? Making, making voicemails? It's a blast. Donnie does it all the time. It's a blast. Andrew does it all the time. It's a blast. Nobody else does, but it's still fun. All right, it is, uh, as it is Thursday, it is time for everyone's favorite part of the program, The End, also known as Three Gripes. Uh, Gripe number one. People vacationing in a foreign country wanting all the same shit that they get at home. I'm at a hotel in Nassau, a courtyard Marriott, on our last day there. And um, they had multiple signs around uh, the, the hotel that uh, proclaimed, We proudly serve Starbucks coffee. Well, one sip of that coffee, and you'll quickly realize that it ain't Seattle's best. So, having said that now, I will never complain about shit like that, because I'm literally in a foreign country. Like, I don't expect them to have all the same shit that I get at home. And quite frankly, I don't want all the same shit that I get at home. I'm on vacation. I've I've left my home country, have ventured to a new place, and therefore know full well that I'm not going to be getting the comforts of home per se. In this particular instance, they had they had a full menu board of great Starbucks options, and they had exactly none of them. It quite frankly it was hilarious. There was a person uh, we went up for breakfast. Um, the day we left and um, you know, standing there at the at the counter, basically, it's essentially the bar. It was the bar the night before, but uh, in the morning it turns into the coffee bar slash, uh, you know, ordering space to order your breakfast. So I'm standing there and um, 
The woman before me goes, can I get a vanilla, a venti vanilla latte, non-fat milk, please? And and the woman working in the most cheery, uh, not condescending, but you could, I mean, there was a, there was a tinge in her voice. She's like, I'm sorry, but our latte machine isn't working today. Mind you, there's nothing behind the counter but two drip coffee carafes. That's it. There's no fucking latte machine. They don't have a latte machine. They don't have shit. They have they have drip coffee. That's all you get. And it was it was fucking it was awesome. It was wonderful. And it made me think like what the fuck are these people doing here? And multiple people ordering different shit. Uh, I heard somebody ask for oat milk. Somebody asked for turkey bacon. Somebody asked for plant-based burgers. All in this one space. It's like, do you forget the part that you got on a plane uh, and and went through customs to get to where you are? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just take what they have. Like, you know, a reasonable question would have been, okay, do you have uh, skim milk? Do you have, I don't know, I don't know, something other than a vanilla latte with non-fat milk? They had almond milk. You could have asked for that. Like, literally, they had it displayed in, in a bucket of ice. <laughs> But they all want shit that they that they shouldn't be asking for and that they can't have because they have it at home, so they want it. Next thing, uh, they'll be asking to pay for health care. Gripe number two, substitute teachers. Now, to be clear, I don't really have a problem with the position specifically. Because in, in like teachers as a whole, they do yeoman's work. At least that, that's what I think. They babysit your kids for X number of hours per day so that you can go and do whatever the fuck is that you think you need to do. I don't know. I don't know what goes on in parents' heads anyway. So, that, But whatever. That's neither here nor there. The only reason it came up is I, the other day, I was thinking about a substitute that I had as a kid when I was in junior high school. And for us, that was 6th um, through 8th grade. His name was Mr. Johnson. And the kids at this school fucking tormented this poor man. I mean, just fucking hammered him on a daily basis. He was he was nicknamed Poindexter apparently because he had a big nose and he very he had a very large nose. Um but I mean, even even when you're like twelve, you you, you realize, okay, this isn't right. <laughs> like I mean, as a 12-year-old, you're not jumping in to protect the uh, the substitute teachers getting fucking verbally and mentally abused, but you know. You know, and, and you realize, okay, whatever it is that I did previously is probably pretty shitty, but again, you're 12, so you don't, you don't act upon it, right? But I mean, he, uh, the poor guy, <laughs> like... 
I don't know why the 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 image of this man popped into my head uh, randomly the other day. I really cannot figure out why. But it, he took a cab to school some days. Like he would literally. And look, when you when you live in fucking middle of nowhere, Massachusetts, not middle of nowhere, but when you live in bumfuck Massachusetts, calling a cab, and there's probably like two cabs in the entire town. And you're probably getting picked up by the same fucking dude every day. Because you got to take the cab to go be a fucking substitute teacher. So now you got to pay whatever it costs to pay. You're getting paid nothing. Other other times his mother would drop him off and pick him up. In reality, I mean, it's just fucking sad. Like, So it made me wonder two things. One... Do kids still fucking hammer substitute teachers? My assumption is that they do. I don't know. Maybe things have changed. Who knows? But that's my assumption. Uh, And B, who in their right mind wants to be a substitute teacher right now? Holy fuck. I mean, being an actual teacher in a large swath of this country is an absolute nightmare right now. Like bonafide, legitimate nightmare fuel right now. But some of these people want to volunteer for like a hundred bucks a day to sit and have your kids shit on them. Back up. And a hundred bucks a day uh, to sit and have your kids fucking shit on them for six hours or so. Uh, No fucking way. No fucking way. Schools are having a hard enough time as it is right now just to find actual teachers. So I'm guessing it's doubly hard to find people who want to willingly subject themselves to all kinds of bullshit without any of the benefits or decent pay. I mean, let's be honest, this is barely a gripe. And quite frankly, it's more of a, like, you know, shitty kids gripe than a substitute teacher gripe. But I don't know, I thought of old Mr. Johnson and uh, I felt so bad. So let's consider this a mea culpa of sorts. So if if I uh, if I ever caused you any grief, sir, I apologize wholeheartedly. Nothing comes to mind that you know. But again, I was eleven or twelve, so I don't fucking remember shit. And then, of course, I'm guessing he's long since passed. So now I feel even worse. Mister Johnson, wish like I tried to Google Mister Johnson. I I googled. Mr. Johnson, substitute teacher, Rainham, Mass. Nothing came up except for a story about uh, like five years ago, a guy who was a substitute teacher who apparently was looking at what they called inappropriate pictures on his phone while in class and was dismissed. But then the end of the article is like, no wrongdoing was done. I'm like, what the fuck did he get dismissed for? Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I'm sure there's way more to the story than that. There's also like the stories uh, I remember about the the proctor, which I never understood what the role of the proctor was in high school. Like, what were they just like, uh, like hall monitors, basically? I don't know. But there was one guy that apparently he was trying to like fuck students. So he got he got the boot. He was kind of a fucking weirdo anyway. So fuck that guy. Not literally, but whatever. I don't know this. I've gone off on a tangent here on gripe number two. Anyways, gripe number three, sports. The third quarter of the Celtics game Tuesday night was fucking gross. 
gross. Like, honestly, thankfully, I only stayed up for like half of it because um, when I looked at what happened, it's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. That first half was fantastic. I the, the worst part about the first half is that they weren't winning by a million. They were shooting like 60%, uh, moving the ball like the fucking Harlem Globetrotters. It was incredible. They were fucking, they were lights out. They were only up by eight at the half. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But at the same time, I thought for sure they would keep it up, extend the lead, probably win the game by 15, 16 points. Nope. Nope. They decided to like, not show up, miss shots, turn the ball over. They get their shots blocked. Miami blocked like 14 shots. <laughs> but here's the, here's the flip side, right? That third quarter was so fucking gross that I'm certain they come back and roll the heat and win this thing in five or six. I thought for sure that it was a, a five-game series. That's what that that's what I thought. Now I think it maybe goes six. But Miami's out here pound, pounding their fucking chest. The Celtics were missing two starters. They were missing the defensive player of the year and their starting center. It's like, oh, you guys fucking paying attention? It was like, oh, well, Miami was missing their starting point guard. Oh, 58-year-old Kyle Lowry? Ooh, really? I'm scared of the fat guy. Oh, I'm, oof. Ooh. Give me a fucking break. They're such an unlikable team. Like, Giannis was so hard to root against because he just seems like a really good kid. Like, just a normal kid who just happens to be obnoxiously large and the best basketball player on planet Earth. No one on the Heat gives me those vibes at all. Or even close. Like, I don't dislike Jimmy Butler. I really don't. But sometimes it's just like, all right, shut up, dude. Enough. So my pick is is officially uh, Celtics in six games. Mark it down. Then they'll beat up the Warriors and win the title. Book it. Book it. Or don't, because I'm a terrible fucking gambler. Uh, lastly, personal note, soccer time. Uh, my dear, dear West Ham United qualified for Europe for the second consecutive season this past weekend, and it was the first time in club history that they've done that. So a big congratulations to everyone at West Ham. <laughs> like, What am I doing? <laughs> My God, there's a podcast, a terrible fucking podcast that congratulated us, boys. Hurrah! No. Uh, massive achievement for a massive club. Massive. They should have beat City last week, but the officiating was ghastly all the way around, so no dice. Uh, and then, sadly, it marked the final home game for our captain, Mr. West Ham himself, Mark Noble. Debuted with the club when he was 17. 17. And now 18 seasons later, he's finally hanging up his boots. In any sport, that's a remarkable uh, stretch of longevity. To be with one club, one team for 18 fucking seasons. That's a long fucking time, man. Even more so in soccer where it's you know, they can, they basically own you and they can sell you at the drop of a hat. But a uh, local boy from uh, from London played for a, a team that his family uh, grew up supporting. 
and uh, he 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 epitomized everything good about sport and about the club, and he'll be sorely sorely missed. I uh, his his like farewell speech after the match the other day was uh, a tearjerker. It really was. It was sad. So one more match left for the season, and a win would be a perfect way uh, to send him off. Um, and hopefully Manchester United loses so that we can uh, jump over them in the standings and go back to the Europa League and uh, run roughshod over terrible clubs from other parts of Europe. So that's it for the show. Listen, this one went long because I had a lot of content. Man, like an hour and a half. This was way too fucking long. I'm terribly sorry. Like, honestly, from the bottom of my heart to you, I'm sorry. This was a... This was a real go. Um, uh, what do I do now? Oh, go to the uh, the Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod. Check out the Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod. I posted a story on Instagram um, yesterday, uh, Tuesday, um, where I was at Target. And what was playing... The Counting Crows. They have retail um, music on a lock. Like, that is no joke. When I made that observation uh, a few weeks ago, no fucking, no way was I wrong. And without that observation, I wouldn't have had last uh, show's guest, uh, Stuart Todd Whitworth, who you can check out, stwmusic.com. Check him out. I got his album. It, it, it can't, What a cool fucking concept. It's literally a book. It's cool as hell. Check it out, stwmusic.com. Uh, you can go to the Facebook page. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page that I don't do anything with. I have a Twitch channel that I can't figure out. I have a TikTok page that I, you know, I'm fucking, I am so lost on TikTok. Like, I don't understand what's entertaining to, to young people these days. Like, I like to think that I kind of know what's going on, but I, I really don't. Getting on TikTok for any length of time proves that I know nothing about today's youth. <laughs> I sound like such a fucking crotchety old asshole. Maybe because I am, in fact, a crotchety old asshole. Uh, 617-657-4736. Call in with your complaint and or observation. I would love to hear from more people. Fuck, what's it going to take? I, I'm so bad at, like, advertising this program. So, I, you know, that's why I always say, tell your friends, tell your moms, you know. Let people know that, hey, this show, while being the world's worst podcast, is really not that bad. There is some redeeming qualities to it. Um, hoping to have a couple more guests lined up uh, for the coming weeks. We shall see. Next week, as of right now, I don't have anything, but I, I'm hoping for the following week might have something. We'll see. Uh, I am throwing all kinds of chum in the water just to see what comes up. And I got to throw out some more chum and see if I get any more bites. We'll see. But that's it for the program. Listen, as always, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.